everyone. I said we were going to have a part two of the conversation with Miss Ebony Donnelly about the importance of writing. So you make sure you grab your notebooks, pen, pencils, whatever you choose to write with, because it is going to be extra jewels and nuggets being dropped in this episode. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Ms. Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I welcome you all once again. Oh my goodness, y'all. I am just too pumped, okay? Uh, y'all already see this beautiful woman right here beside me. She was just on and it was like real reading talk blew up, okay? I'm talking about literally, I had uploaded it to YouTube and here it is. It almost had got 70 views after the first day I have uploaded it. And keeping it real, that's not what happens when I upload my podcast, okay? I barely get like maybe about, oh, maybe three or four views after the first day. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? I ain't sweating that because I look at it like, hey, listen, I'm building my channel organically. The people who are subscribing are the people who really are dedicated to getting this knowledge. They understand what it is that we need. So it ain't no puzzle, but I'm just saying, I mean, I have to make it, you know what I'm saying? I got to focus on that fact that when this Ebony Donnelly is on, it's just like, so I'm like, holla, okay? So she's back. And this is like a part two because we wanted to finish talking about the aspects of how we need to get our children better when it comes to writing, all right? I had mentioned before in the last episode how in East Cleveland, they had scored extremely low when it comes to the writing part of those testes. Okay, yeah, I said testes is like that on purpose, okay? And that's a problem, okay? And so again, like I've talked about before, when it comes to even just the aspect of our children not doing well in reading, they're not doing well in writing, a lot of that comes from the trauma, the issues that we deal with in our communities, Okay, so they are not having those rich experiences, which that is how we are able to get our thoughts uh, formed in our head to where we're able to talk about different things, the experiences, the conversations. We talked about that in the last episode. These are some of the things that are missing. And we understand the foundation of where that comes from, right? You're talking about communities where we are distressed economically, you're talking about socially, you're talking about spiritually, a lot of different things. We're just distressed in our communities. Why? Because when you are faced with oppression, when you are faced with, you know, folks always got their foot on your neck and you can't even breathe, okay? You know, that's going to affect you in all aspects of your life as a human being in which you can thrive and be the best version of yourself. And so this is why we need a real reading talk because this is why I'm here and this is why I invite awesome guests like Miss Ebony Donnelly, because she is going to bring her knowledge. So again, let me have her introduce herself to you all. For those of you, this is your first time listening. I welcome Miss Ebony Donnelly. I don't even know what to say. 
Um, Ebony Donnelly, I am an educator. I love all things literacy. I can talk about literacy all day. I love teaching reading and writing. And um, sometimes I get on my soapbox a little bit unintentionally, but it's because I'm so passionate about it. Um, born and raised in Cleveland, um, a product of the Cleveland School District. So, you know, no parochial school up in here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I did go to a private college, which was a very interesting experience in itself. And uh, yeah, I came out, I, I did that and a master's degree at CSU and here I am. But my most rewarding work is just the work I do in the community. Like even though I'm a school teacher and I own a tutoring company, I like being out in the community the best. Like I had a family game night last week and it was just awesome to see the families engaging like that. So that's my that's my favorite work. That's so awesome. Oh my goodness. And your face just beaming when you said that. So right there. And, and I'm going to tell y'all, for those of you all from Cleveland, if you all have not been to her literacy game nights, uh, I think you need to make sure you sign up because they are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, she has the families out. They're just having so much fun playing those games that are based around literacy. And then it's the engagement. You got the parents, the caregivers interacting with their children in a healthy, safe space. She feeds you and you walk away with gifts. I mean, good Lord. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just like a partay, but it's a partay with a purpose. Okay. And that is what we need more of. So we definitely appreciate you in the community, Ebony. So what we are going to discuss, and well, first, this is what I want to do. Okay. Because I had read something out of this book. All right. The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child, Dr. Amos N. Wilson. And for those of you who have been listening consistently to my podcast, y'all know I've referenced this man a lot. The reason why is because he knows what he's talking about when it comes to Black people and when it comes to our psychological development in relationship to this uh, system of this false notion of white supremacy. I say false notion on purpose because ain't nothing supreme about white folks being oppressive, okay? That ain't supreme. So with all of that being said, there was something that I was reading and I want you to uh, comment on this, all right? And this is all, you know, everything is linked, okay, to our topic. Again, we're talking about uh, writing and the benefits and Ebony, she is going to lay out uh, for you all uh, strategies and talking about um, how we can help get our children into that writing space to where they are doing well, and especially when it comes to these tests, okay? So I was reading the part in here where he was talking about the brain development. And so he, oh, here it is, page 93, all right? And this is something that is called, uh, this is something he talked about in terms of the uh, prefrontal syndrome, okay? So of course we know when it comes to our prefrontal cortex, if for those of you who don't know, that is the part of the brain that focuses on uh, making great decisions, okay? And so again, that part of the brain, it has already been noted that it really doesn't uh, properly develop until you're like in your early 20s, okay? So that's why you'll find like little kids or even teenagers, they'll do things that you'd be like, man, why did you act so impulsively? Why didn't you think? Why didn't you reason? 
Okay, why didn't you uh, make sure that that was the correct decision to make? Well, because that that whole prefrontal cortex is not being developed, you know. But one of the things that he talked about is that when it's damaged, when the damage happens on a physical aspect to the person's brain, there are things that happens in terms of, for example, they be a person begins to lose his stable system of interest and becomes indifferent. His motives become narrow and primitive. He loses his intentions, which he has formed. Ideas come into his head. Listen to this part. This part is very, very important. Ideas coming into his head are transitory and they're put into operation with difficulty, okay? Or they easily disappear. So that's when you have somebody thinking about something and it's like they just get off track after that, right? Uh, the inability to concentrate on an internal intention and the absence of persistent goal directness are among the most characteristic features of behavior in lesions of the frontal lobe. Basically, in a nutshell, to break it down in layman's terms. So if somebody had got hit in the head, got some type of brain damage, all right, all of those things get become affected to the person's brain. And so then he goes on to talk about how in the African-American community, how we see our children and of course our adults as well, unfortunately, deal with this issue, but it's not due to the fact of somebody bludgeoning us in the head. He talks about the situation, the circumstances, the conditions that we are dealing with in our communities. All right. So this is what he talks about. He says, when we stop to think about this situation, we soon realize that these people, not unlike physically brain damaged patients, have had their brains damaged by the psychological battering they have received at the hands of slavery, Jim Crowism, negative racial propaganda, poor schools, ignorance, malnutrition, and a hundred other evils related to white racism, bigotry, and colonialism. So right there, I know that was kind of a lot. I just wanted to get it because you're about to have the floor on this. So I'm asking you as an educator, tell me those things that I described in terms of a person not having, not being able to stay focused all over the place, not having a goal, not, you know, ideas where it's like they'll talk about something. Next thing you know, they go to switch to something else or they'll forget some information that you just told them right away. They, it's like automatic. So what say you about our children that you work with? Would you agree that, you know, that these are the things in which our children are dealing with when you are teaching them and you're trying to get them to stay on task? Is it, you know, the conditions that he talked about? Um, I think that could be some of it. You know, we take teacher training on that, believe it or not. We, um, really? that's, that's part right because we take dealing with abuse neglect okay. different kind of trauma okay like we do a lot of training and they talk about how that's I think it was directly related to suicide amongst teens okay and it was one of the ones that we took and it was saying because their brain is not fully developed they don't believe that they fully understand like when you kill yourself like you're dead like you're not coming back right. you know and so they were saying that they feel as if, um, you know, they do it because they want to escape what's going on, but they don't really understand the finality of it because their brain is not fully developed. 
Mm-hmm. And so we take some training on that, just speaking to some some of that kind of stuff. So it was interesting that you led with that. That is kind of heavy, but that's the reality, especially with the bullying and things like that. Like a lot of that, and it's starting younger and it's more malicious than it's ever been, if you ask me. And so I would agree with, yeah. with, with a great deal of that, just in what you see every day, mm-hmm. just in a community, like just the, like there's so much violence. And so I think the kids are desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's their first level of defense. But then when we ask them to write a witness statement, like if they have been in a fight or if they have witnessed a fight or whatever, the witness statement, they like, they can't even put it into words Mm -hmm. what just happened. And Mm -hmm. so the witness statements, you're like, you just gave me a whole dissertation, but Mm -hmm. you wrote one sentence. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would say, you know, that some of that, and it's not that they can't, but I think also it's something that they don't want to do. Like writing, if we think reading is something they don't want to do, like writing is under there. <laughs> like if, <laughs> like if reading is the evil stepsister, writing is the stepmother, like <laughs> the evil stepmother, like they don't want to read, but they definitely don't want to write. Mm. And see, but that, now see, this is where we got to, we got to keep pulling back the layers, Ebony, because see, this is where my heart is at on it. You know, we have these demands, just like you're going to talk to the audience again about the strategies and trying to equip. And that's what I appreciate about you because see, you're an advocate inside of these school, in the side of the school system. You're actually in the classroom and you know, you have to keep them held accountable to these standards, right? Now, somebody like me, I'm on the outskirts in a lot, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, that's why I'm homeschooling three of my children now. One of my children, one of my children, she's, yes, she's inside of, you know, one of the high schools or whatever. But however, it's like, again, they all, they already know, they know where I'm coming from. I'm always talking about in terms of keeping them grounded. Like, you know, a lot of this stuff that they're going over with our children, is it really going to help them be able to change their situation? as black people in the society, because we have to understand that, you know, we have a special unique position here, period. And if we are not equip, equipping our children and teaching them that, and we just say, well, if you just, you know, you keep doing, you know, everything, dotting your I's and crossing your T's, you're going to be A-okay. But then it's like, you talk to folks who have done all of that, and they'll have tons of stories telling you about how a lot of this stuff have gotten sabotaged by people who are trying to keep them back just on the basis of them being black. And so my question, Ebony, though, is like, okay, how is it fair to keep really demanding from our children, you know, all of these different standards? And again, I'm playing, I don't like to say devil's advocate, but y'all understand what I'm saying. You know, is it fair to keep having our children being pushed to do all of these things that they're at, they keep adding standards and keep saying they got to know this and know that, but you know, they're still dealing with all of this trauma in the community. And you write about nowadays. It's like I was subbing a day at one of the high at the high school in, in East Cleveland. I'm subbing at Shaw, the only high school they got. And the, the lady, the young girl, she was listening to this rap. Um, somebody cash dog. 
I mean, it was like vulgar after vulgar after vulgar. And I'm like, and I was just like, man, I'm like, and so, and I'm not going to go into like how, you know, whatever I talked to, because I ain't trying to prolong it. But my point I'm making is that this is what they are in tune to. It's like, we are just having an uphill battle. So what are we going to do? And then on top of it, the economic stress on top of it, maybe there might not be dad in the home or maybe dad and mom in the home, but they always fighting and cussing and arguing and fighting and cussing and arguing. And it's like, ah, and then you want to send them to school and say, okay, so now you have to go by this stand. Now you have to produce this pay. It's like, they just dealt with some trauma. You know what I'm saying? I would say just like in the book, that's going to uh, impede them being able to produce what it is that we're asking. What are we going to do about that? What, what can we do? Well, I look at it like this. You know, I'm not, when I'm talking about these things, I'm not necessarily talking about for school. I'm talking about for life. So these standards are these standards, true. But I'm talking about for life. A lot of times, your voice doesn't get heard unless it's in writing. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when you have a complaint, they want you to put it in writing, whether you email the complaint, whether mm -hmm. you fax the complaint, whether you uh, send it by mail, whatever you do, it's going to be in writing. So the bottom line is you have to be able to express yourself in writing. I have gotten some really... Um, how can I say, I've had some real complaints in my life about some things that have happened as a consumer. I remember I had to write the Public Utilities Commission, you know, because I bought my house. They come with a bill from, let's say, seven years prior, maybe even more than that. And they said, well, when you were living in the apartment, we weren't charging you the proper gas usage. This is Dominion, Ohio. We weren't. And so my argument was that I pay my bill in full every month. So I don't understand what you're talking about. They told me you must pay this bill or else we will not. We will disconnect your gas in your house. Now, by this time, I had already been living here about three years. So I'm like, what? So now I have to figure out what I have to do. This is what I'm saying for life. Now I have to go back. Who can I contact? Because I end up paying these people like, let's say 800 bucks, right? Pay these people 800 bucks. But I'm cannot stop there because you all can't have my money because as a consumer, I have paid my bill in full every month and you all are crazy. So let me find out. So that's when I find out about the Public Utilities Commission. I wrote a letter and I'm talking about in detail. I live in this apartment from this year to this year. Now this, long story short, I wrote the letter. Next thing I know, my gas was credited for an entire year. They had to give me my money back. They had to give me, me my money back. All of it. Now, it didn't come in a nice little check, but they had to give me my money back. I also had an issue talking about real life. This is why I think um, writing is important. I used to have a 2004 Malibu, bought it from Lakeshore Chevrolet. I have never had so many problems with a brand new car in my life. It was like, I will go and they would be like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. So I wrote it 
I wrote the, uh, the owner a letter and I was like very disgruntled. But instead of arguing with them, I wrote a letter to the owner of Lakeshore Chevrolet. I detailed everything. I had dates. I told him I have had every service completed here at this Chevy dealership. So I don't understand. They told me, they told me where to get a rental. I had a very cheap rental, I something like about $20 a day. They said, go get a car from here, drop your car off. They fix everything free of charge. So there is power in writing. That's why I'm saying it's, it's, a, it's a life skill. So we can kind of sometimes think about, should they be upheld to this standard? But what if I'm not able to stay on a topic? What if I'm not able to say what happened? Those are two instances that would have cost me thousands of dollars. And that was not that long ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so I had to, because even though I was upset and in a moment, you kind of want to go off. But then I was like, I'm going to have to do something different because I know they look, they refer to that black and white. When I walked into that Lakeshore Chevy dealership, like literally everybody had my letter in their hand. When I say everybody, all the service workers. So when I came in, they were like, really like, this is Miss Donnelly. They had that letter. And I was able to get everything they said was wrong with my vehicle fixed, free of charge. And I walked on out. And so sometimes I think, you know, we think about it for a standard, but if I can't stay on a topic, if I can't tell what my problem is, why I have this problem, detail it, and then in conclusion, you know, I would, you know, I would appreciate, <laughs> you know, you handling this matter in the speedy fashion or whatever I have to say. So sometimes we need to think about it like that you know, more so than, you know, it's for testing, like, should we hold them to this standards? Because I know you have gotten a letter sometimes or a piece and you're like, what are they talking about? Or even sometimes like on social media, somebody will say something, you're like, what do they mean? Like, this has nothing to do with the post that I put up. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But where do you think that comes from? You think these people were able to articulate a thought? I don't think so, because if they could, it probably wouldn't look like that, like when they got under your post. And some people get offended because they don't understand what you're saying. And you're like, this is not even what this means. So I think sometimes if we take off the school system and the standards, period, because these same children have to be adults one day. Mm. Wow. That was a mic drop. That was a mic drop. And just to remind our listeners about, in, in, in a nutshell, just taking out some different aspects of what our people can do, what our caregivers, our parents can do for our children. Number one, first of all, you had the confidence to speak up. Number two, you got mad, naturally so, as a human being, but you did not act impulsively. You didn't react. You didn't react in a way that was obviously like going off or whatever. I'm about to do this, this, that, and the third. You looked over everything. You, you, like you said, you had dates. You took notes so that you can address the issues. And so right there, those are skills though, which you're going to talk about that our parents can make sure that they are putting into our children. But guess what? Parents, y'all got to exemplify that. 
Y'all can't be going off. You can't be ready to cuss somebody out. You have to be able to pay it, focus, stay focused on your goal, think about what it is you need to address, and then go ahead and do detail by detail, making sure you write stuff down. Those things are important. And those are the things that we see that our children are lacking. And of course, nine times out of 10, they're seeing their parents reacting in ways in which it's not on task. <laughs> you know, it's not something to where it's goal oriented. It's goal oriented, all right. The goal is to get to fight somebody, to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, cut somebody out. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. And so and this is what Ebony is saying. I love how you said there's power in writing. And I know I've heard this before in terms of the whole paper trail. I remember hearing that some years ago, keeping a paper trail, making sure that you have stuff written down. I was telling my children that when we were going over, um, they were doing a, a research on their uh, person that they chose. And I said, make sure you put dates on everything, you know, put your dates down, you know? So what you're saying is all of these different things, it's not about the number one, waiting on the school system, system to do it. And number two, you're not doing it with the mindset of where well, you shouldn't be just focused on passing the test. It's literally about being prepared for life, life skills. So that right there is is key, and I and I love and I appreciate you for that. You know this 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 is why you're here. You know what I'm saying? Those examples were just phenomenal. So now, can you please tell the audience, give us some strategies to how we can get our babies, you know, at that level to where they know how to stay on topic. You did that last time. People was loving that. Oh, you won't have to repeat that. I like you when you talked about in terms of the good day and then go into, please go a little bit more, you know, for, for our audience. I think what we need to do, and this could be anybody, just in conversation, first off, don't talk at your children, talk with your children. A lot of times we talk at them. We tell them something and that's it. And while, you know, compliance is there, we're not building up some of these things that they need. We're not building up their critical thinking. We're not building that up. So talk to them, really find out, delve into some, some things, force them to remain on a topic because believe it or not, they can. Because I know if a two-year-old can hold a conversation, I know a 10-year-old can hold a conversation, which means that a 15, 16-year-old can hold a conversation. But I think we let them off the hook too quickly. I'm like this. I always think when you're talking about something, tell me what you're going to talk about. Give me a couple reasons why. And then tell me what you talked about. You know, you ever get on the phone. I'm just thinking like in general, you will call your friend up. Girl, I had a horrible day. Let me, I'm going to tell you why. What you telling them? I had a horrible day. First off, my alarm clock didn't go off. So I overslept, which means I was late to work. Then I forgot I didn't even put gas in the car yesterday. So now I had to stop at the gas station. I'm already late. So anyway, I'm telling you, my day was horrible. Right? You can have your kids do the same thing. <laughs> you can have your kids do the same thing. Because they they can tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. They can tell you what happened. They can tell you why. All you really have to do, what happened at school today? It was a fight. Two girls got to argue. We oh. had an author come read a book. 
Oh, she read this. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like yesterday was the father's walk. We had so many parents there. Fathers were happy. The kids were happy. One, um, one student, she came with three men. She had her father and two brothers. Just, just uplifting her, just loving up on her. So that's a good experience. So her mother was at work. It was the father's walk. You understand what I mean? So now, but that's something that she gets to talk about mm. and she can be as detailed as she wants. Mm. And I think those are, are things, but when they don't want to be detailed, I think we just kind of, kind of force it a little bit, you know, because it's okay to ask a question. It's okay to prompt. But we just let them off the hook. They don't want to talk today. So I think it's important for us to say that. It's important for us to do that. If we did more of that, just like not on like thinking about just as a life skill, just communicating. Mm -hmm. Because for you to be able to communicate in writing, you have to be able to communicate verbally. Mm -hmm. So we, right, right. Mm -hmm. right. And so, you know, a lot of times we're thinking about schools and what they're doing at school, but believe it or not, a lot of the things I learned at home, I took them to school, but I learned them at home, not the other way around. I didn't necessarily learn stuff at school and then bring it home. Mm -hmm. Like even when I think about like when I learned to count money, my mother taught me how to count money because she was tired of me going to the store thinking somebody cheated me out of my money. So she taught me how to count money. My mother taught me how to write a check when I was 12. My mother taught me how to hold a conversation because when I went somewhere, what happened? What did you do? What did you like? What didn't you like? What happened? It was always like that. My father, what happened? Um, oh, what were they doing over there? Okay, why did they go? Why did they go there? Did you like it over there? Because I know you don't really like playing with other kids. Did you play with anybody? wow it would be like that my father would be like you're you know were you being standoffish you're standoffish your life so he would like he would have conversations like that with me okay with me and so I never had to like go somewhere that I didn't want to go so like say for instance if I didn't want to go and they're like why and I'm like I don't like it over there you know they don't um they don't I could say they don't have the same snacks we have at home mm -hmm. or you know they don't cook because like we had home cooked food. And so like, if somebody had some food out of the box and I'd be like, I don't like that. And then I'll be like, well, okay. So I've been able to express myself my whole life. And I think that's why as an adult, I'm comfortable doing it. And as an adult, that's why I'm comfortable kind of telling kids like, it's okay to do that. Because I always had the green light to do that. I never had the green light to be disrespectful, but I always had the green light to express myself. And so I think that's one of the things we have to teach because just think about it. Some of the things that the going back to the testing, they write a, a narrative. So that's just a story. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they may not have enough creativity, but sometimes they can, but then they have to write an opinion piece. But if they're not allowed to express themselves or give their opinion on something, how would they learn how to write an opinion piece? They're not even used to giving their opinion. They're not used to telling how they think, how they feel, why they think that way, you know, what led to that. So how could they do that? How could they be successful? Now, they may be able to write something informative, read this and kind of regurgitate some information. But I'm thinking about 
some of the like some of the other stuff. You know, we always talk about how the kids might not be the best readers, but they can still have strategies. I'm telling you, topic sentence, three details, concluding sentence, we'll do it. Mm. If they can talk it, they can write it. Mm. If they can speak like that, if they can carry on a, a topic, they can do it. Mm -hmm. You think about some of these writing prompts, they may ask them to explain how to make a sandwich. They've made a sandwich before nine times out of 10. So it's not as if, you know, this is something that's totally outlandish. Mm -hmm. They didn't say make some jambalaya. They said make a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Who hasn't made a sandwich? So we think about something like that. Sometimes we're so upset and I, I have been guilty of it in the past. Oh my goodness, here they go with something else. But that's before I really got to looking at some of the stuff and I'm like, a how-to, they call it a how-to paragraph, write a how-to paragraph. Mm -hmm. Like that's your sequencing and all of that. And I don't think it's too horrible to ask somebody to be able to do that. But some people, um, you just make a sandwich. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> how do you make a sandwich? You, you just make it. What do you mean? I mean, you just make it. What kind of sandwich is it? Um, I don't know. Peanut butter and jelly? Okay, so what do you do? You know, what do you do? You know, what do you need? What do you do? And I think we just need to do a little more of that because that will build up the confidence because if they have the confidence at home, sometimes they will have the confidence at school. Mm -hmm. But I think there's there's a disconnect and the schools and the homes don't necessarily work together. And I don't really think that they have to, but I think they can develop good habits at both places good habits at home, good habits at school. And then guess what? Somewhere in the middle, they'll meet and it will be success for the child. Because I'm telling you, between all of the family that I have, they taught me some stuff that I didn't learn at school, that I was able to use at school, that I was able to use on these different tests to be successful, that I was just able to use in life. You know, like I'm here talking to you. This is, I don't really like being on the camera, but I do like talking about what I know. And I do like talking about something that will help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm always empowered to see what can I do? Because like I said, I do my best work in the community. So when I give flashcards, when I give packets of um, words, like the sight words, when I give that out, because I'm like, try this out. When I'm giving out books, read this, tell me what happened next. When those kids come back, I have to listen to what their story was about. Mm -hmm. So nine times out of 10, I have read their book or I know enough about it to engage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because I'm gonna ask them because, but that's again, that accountability piece. I'm, what did you read? What did you get out of that? What did you think about it? What did you like? Why didn't you like it? Do you think you wanna read another book like that? Mm -hmm. It's things like that that can happen that are simple, but that will speak to the skills they need to employ for these tests. And I think we don't think about it like that and we just don't do it or we don't think it's as automatic. And sometimes we do it and we don't know. Sometimes we do it and we don't know that we're doing it. And so I think sometimes we feel ill-equipped when in actuality, they're not we're not. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so you will read over. I was looking at these rubrics and my mind was blown, these writing rubrics. And I was like, wow, the skill set is almost the same for the third through the high, the, the high schoolers. I'm like, in a younger grades, they're talking about topic, topic, topic. Then somewhere around the sixth grade, it switches up to thesis statements. But it's still the same thing. You know, it's still the same thing. They were still saying, use evidence, establish your purpose. All of them said, have a clear introduction, have a clear conclusion, have clear transitions. They all say that. Mm -hmm. They all say that. Then they say, use evidence, bring in points from the passages. Because I think like at least, I'm telling you, topic sentence, three details, concluding sentence, will get the job done. I think about what you said about East Cleveland getting the lowest writing scores. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get a zero if you put nothing. Some of our students will really put IDK, like, I don't know, like, that's okay. Like, they really just type in that box. They got that long box, and that's what they type in there, IDK. Or they'll spell it out, I don't know. And they seem to think that's okay. They don't feel like they should have to do more. But my thing is, come out the gate. At least I'm going to talk about, today I'm going to talk about, let me tell you about whatever it's about. And then give a few little bit of information about it, whatever came up. And then in conclusion, I have talked about it. I think that's, you know, doable. Now, it's not going to get you the exemplary work, but it's going get to you, get you something. And I think that at least they can, at minimum, they can do that. Mm -hmm. And then I think we can build from there. So now that we know that they're able to do this, let's take it a little deeper. Let's do a little more. And that all comes with strategy that they'll still be learning, that we'll still be engaging in. You know, that's still going to happen, but still a starting point. We have to give a starting point. You know, I always like to give a little something from the beginning. Topic sentence, <laughs> three details, concluding sentence, right? Because that's five. Is that five or six? Topic sentence, three details. And then the concluding, that's five. Yeah. So that's five. Guess what? That's a paragraph. What they teach you, five five to seven sentences? No. Right there, that's right there. That's half the, that's half the battle. So I think sometimes we think about it just in terms of that. Right. Even though we want them to write multiple paragraphs, you mm -hmm. know, because they say it's do a multi-paragraph. But if we can just do that, that's something, that's something more than our kids were already doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I mean, I don't think that's too daunting of a task for them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Now we can teach them how to build on it. We can teach them how to elaborate. But mm -hmm. right there, if they do that topic sentence, they're establishing a clear purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, which is they want to make sure they're able to do that. Right. Then if they mess around and up the ante and bring in like a couple, like a couple extra de details from, from the passages that they read, mm -hmm. that's going right to your evidence right there and your elaboration. So guess what? That's more points. Mm -hmm. And then we have the, the infamous capital letters and punctuation. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> that's worth two points. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So there are things that, you know, we can do just to kind of think about it. Like I think about how 
when you when your students that you tutor when they do their research reports and mm-hmm. when you talked about like black wall street and some of the things that they did they what do you think they did they did that mm-hmm. some of those those kids were young those weren't high schoolers no they were on those reports That's so what we're true. saying is <laughs> yeah. what we're saying is we know it could be done yeah. yeah when i wrote those when i wrote those stories with those kids at the um Cleveland Heights Library, mm-hmm. they wrote stories. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot of time. The whole thing took an hour. They were able to do yeah. something that was coherent. Some of them had illustrations and all of that. I know. So it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to think about it like that. And none of that, what I just said that you did or what I did was for testing. But guess what? It can spill over. It definitely spills over to narrative writing, mm-hmm. opinion pieces, you know, research-based writing. It's, it's all of that. I think it's called holistic. I'm looking for my papers. I think it's called holistic, something about holistic writing. Holistic writing. But yeah, mm-hmm. it all, but it all holistic opinion writing. Okay. So when we think about that, an opinion is strongly maintained throughout in little, if any, um, loosely related material, clearly evident organizational structure, logical progression of ideas. Our kids can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our kids can do that. Um, strong evidence from all sources is integrated. Clear connections between points and evidence. Right. I think that could be. I think that could be done, especially if it was one of the things that we just practiced being expressive at home being expressive you know going into detail at home you know something as simple as you know I'm, I'm always talking to kids when I meet new kids I ask them if they like the Marvel movies because you know a lot of times they know so I may say just to get the conversation going what's your favorite what's your favorite character so they might say Batman or mm-hmm. no Batman is DC scratch that scratch that they yeah. might say Thor and so I'm like oh you like Thor I like Captain America mm-hmm. immediately what do they do no no Thor is better Captain America ain't got nothing on Thor Thor A B C D E and I'm like yeah but Captain America because I'm just trying to see how much they're gonna do they go in because they know think about black panther black panther was a whole movement (laughs) we're talking about it adults were talking about it so don't tell me that they can't maintain a topic yeah don't tell me that they can't they can Mm. we just have to do more of it we just have to do more of it Mm. i remember my cousin wanted to read the twilight books and she was about 14 and i was like i don't like I I don't really know. Like I'm not really into vampires and all of that. Yeah. But she she was into it. She wanted to read it. Yeah. And so she wasn't a great reader. And so her texting was horrible. So she would text me, and every time she would text me, I'm like, I don't understand. No, I wouldn't say I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I would text back, and I'm like, Oh, so you want to read Twilight? And I would spell it correctly. 
and she would say something else. And I'm like, oh, I think that's a great idea if we had spaghetti for dinner. But I will correct her mistakes without saying that I'm correcting her mistakes. And eventually, guess what started happening? She just started being better at expressing herself because I would be like, um, I didn't understand what that meant. Like sometimes if I just really wanted to just be a jerk and really force her to do something, I'd be like, I didn't even, even understand that. Like, what were you even talking about? <laughs> and so she would just... <laughs> And so um, we we went through that for a little bit, and then I end up reading. I end up reading the book with her, and mm -hmm. she got so into the book, she got so into the book that she really didn't have an aversion to reading anymore. Because mm. it was, you know, she was just like, oh, okay. And I would read it with her, and we would go like page by page, and I would let her read the page. I would read the page. And so we, and so we would just do it. So that was just an, a strategy. Like, let me, first off, let me get you expressing yourself in writing, mm -hmm. you know, because she started getting more detailed because, you know, it's nothing like somebody trying to get you to understand. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand what you mean. Right. Like, this makes no sense to me, even though I did. It was just like certain times I would just, because I'm thinking, how bad do you want it? Like, how bad do you want it? Because it was the summertime when this took place too. So it's like. <laughs> How bad? Because I want to know, are you just going to like forget it and turn on the, the TV mm -hmm. or do you really want to read Twilight? Like, <laughs> okay. How, how, how bad do you really, because you know, she had heard some things about it. She was interested. Got you. Got you. It kind of reminds me of when you had your daughter on and she was like, oh, I read romance, but not like that. Not like that. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't even, if it did anything like that, I would put it down. Like there's no, <laughs> so and, that's what it makes you, right. that's what it makes you think about. But okay. so you just got to hook them however mm -hmm. you can. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that Marvel. Oh, and then don't get into that Marvel versus DC. Cause that's another thing. Because between that Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman over there, and then Captain America and Thor and Aquaman, well, Aquaman is on us, you know, by the time you do all of that, it gets to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, those are really some things that we can use mm -hmm. just to get it started. We can use that just to get it started. Or if you really want to ask about PlayStation versus Xbox. Exactly. There you are. Right. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So it's like when we're thinking about it, because guess what? They're going to give an opinion. They're going to tell why. I remember a few years ago, I had my students write about dress code. Okay. They wanted a dress sound day. Write about why you deserve one. But, you know, we don't have it now since the pandemic, but before that, you know, you wear your black and blue pants or whatever. You wear your white and light blue shirt. So things like that. Kids feel passionately about dress code or they did back then. I got some great, great pieces of writing from them. Mm. Sometimes ask them what they want to be when they grow up. I asked a kindergartner last year and she said she wanted to be a ballerina. She, she was like, I want to be a ba ballerina. She was very specific. She was, she was a kindergarten. She was very specific. We have been, we have been reading different stuff and she was just like, you know, I like it. I like to dance. I want to take lessons. Mm. And she was just like, I just want want people to see me dance. She was a kindergartner. Wow. I had one of my um, students who had an intellectual disability 
I had him right where he wanted to be. He said he wanted to be a police officer because he wanted to help his community. He wanted to keep people safe. So they have thoughts. Like I said, he has an intellectual disability. He was able to do that. He was able to articulate that. He was in the third grade at the time. So they are able to do that. We just have to give them opportunities. Mm -hmm. We have to give opportunities. And I think sometimes we just, we don't because writing is hard. Because when they write, then you have to read it. Then you have to proofread it. Then you have to edit. Then you have to go back. And it's a lot because writing is a process. But part of um, what happens with our students is they run out of steam because they don't think it's a process. They skip pre-writing, they go straight to drafting, then they want to publish it and it's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we tell them, I teach everybody, you have to do some pre-writing. You, gotta, you owe me a web, you owe me an outline, you owe me something because yeah. I need to know that you have thought it through. Because guess what happened when you don't pre-write? You run out of steam and guess what you be saying? What was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh, man, I had something. Oh, man, I forgot. Now you're extra frustrated. Right. So do a little pre-write. Jot mm-hmm. a little something down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. But sometimes we skip that. We go straight to drafting. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we need to teach them it's a process. I, I teach everybody it's a process. So we're going to pre-write first. Then we're going to do your rough draft. It's a rough draft. So stop erasing. It's rough. It's going to look rough. Get your ideas down. Then we're going to proofread and edit. Mm-hmm. You know, then we're going to revise. But we have to teach them that. I got to the point where I had my students thinking that it's easier for them to type. I said, because then we can save it. And because then you don't have to keep rewriting it. Mm. Okay. Guess what? I was teaching them how to type for that test, but I wasn't like, oh, we're going to learn to type for the OSC. It's like, guess what? You won't have to keep writing this. You know, we can save it and then you can delete, you can add. Then I taught them, okay, shift, that's how you get your capitals. Okay, enter, that's how you space it. And I taught them to, when you're taking on tests, if you want to show you have like two paragraphs, Press enter, enter, because that little break right there is going to let them know. That's just in case they forget to indent. That space lets them, they, they will be able to visibly tell. Okay. That, that speaks to organization. They can tell this is a different paragraph. So there are little tips that we can do mm-hmm. that we don't even think about. You know, we're not mindful of it, but those are things that really work and they respect that. Like on mm-hmm. the OST, they respect something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that enter, insert, cause you're showing something. I think, so we don't always have to think that it's so ridiculous, but we can do stuff at home. You know, you can, Halloween is coming up. A lot of people celebrate it. I'm not really a fan, but um, what's your favorite, your favorite spookiest story? Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. kids can come up with something families do this all the time Mm -hmm. I keep talking about that competition amongst families it's a real thing it is it's a real thing so like all that kind of stuff (laughs) like that can can be done even if you talk about what's your favorite season like right now I hear people like sweater weather sweater weather fall baby (laughs) but I know somebody who um what is it seasonal affective disorder oh yeah struggles Mm -hmm. with this oh I hate this I hate this. I'm like, no, but you know, again, for every person that 
hates it, there's somebody else that loves it. I love it because I have fewer migraines because my migraines come when it's hot. So I'm like, oh, it's getting cooler. Okay, I'm about to be all right. Right. So I'm just saying, but still, you, we, we create paragraphs all day when we're talking. We just got to start writing some of it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we teach our students how to do it and it's going to be great mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing like I said you have little kids holding conversation toddlers holding conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we can't we can't let them lose that because guess what sometimes when they're young like that you just want them to be quiet for a second you just want them to be quiet for a few minutes but what happens when you have really silenced their voice because mm-hmm. now they don't want to talk because now they don't want to say anything i mean i know people whose children have had a speech delay or something they're just like oh i just want them to talk i just want them to talk and then once they start talking now they like i just wish you would just shut up for five minutes you know what i'm saying so we have to find that that happy medium Mm -hmm. where we put something in place so then that way they know when it's time to talk they kind of know when it's time to be quiet and then, but they know that they're always able to express themselves. My mother be like, write me a letter. Like, I don't feel like I'm trying to sleep. She'd be like, have me write, you know, write it down. Right. And so a lot of times I have used a strategy like that. Like when my students would be mad with me, I'd be like, write it down. Like you, like kind of like you beefing with me. Okay, fine. You're allowed, you're entitled. Write it down. Right. Things like that. <laughs> And you know you you you'll be surprised what you get like you know why somebody could be mad or whatever and things like that have really worked for me in the past because it's like sometimes I'm like I don't have time to talk about that like right now like right now while I'm doing this write it down but that was a way to get my students writing and I would really be like but I would definitely read it and I'm like oh and then I would kind of critique it a little bit not heavy but I would critique and I'm like oh okay. I see. And then I will write them back. And then I will let them write me back. Mm. And we can keep doing that as, you know, things like that work. That's awesome. Things, things like that. Just think about it. You're your kid and you're like, mom, your kid is like, mom, can I go, can I go to Ebony's house? And you're like, no. Mm-hmm. And what they say, why? Why? So you might say, because I said so, right. or you might be like, because Ebony parents don't be home. Y'all not about to be doing this. You think I'm going to let you go over there? Why would you think that? And some of the, and then your kids rebuttal be like, it's not even like that. Like we be playing video games. Like we're not doing all of that. Imagine if that took place in writing. Right. right. <laughs> Imagine oh if that took place in writing. Because it could. Uh, yeah. You can have a little correspondence back and forth wow that's really what texting is that is exactly same same concept mm. Ooh, ebony you just i mean you said so much but in all of what you said i mean you talk about you was dropping nugget after nugget after gem after gem i mean the first one of the things is, you know, as you be talking, I be writing my little notes down, things that I'm like, okay, I got to make sure that I make mention so that people can really pay special attention to. Like how you said in terms of relating the writing to what they are already doing. Yes. I really love that. Just like how you brought me, that was 
an excellent example about the comics. I heard of it because I'm totally ain't into Marvel. I don't care Marvel, DC, whatever. <laughs> I don't care about none of it. I went and saw Black Panther just because of Black Panther. Okay, I was like, okay, yeah. I gotta go see that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that was it. You know. But again, like you said, they would have so much to talk about. But the point is, is that you are making sure you're telling us as parents and caregivers to be intentional about number one, having these conversations with them and getting them to go deeper, dive, take the deep dive. Stop yeah. allowing them to be in the shallow end of the pool. Teach them to go into the deep. So that is what is going to help them when it comes to that skill of writing. And then the aspect of the process. To me, Ebony, see, that's something, now to be quite honest with you, see, that's a struggle that we're dealing with now anyway in terms of people wanting the shortcut. Yeah. People don't want the process. You know, when that, when the microwave got invented, it was like, shoot, okay, I ain't got to worry about waiting a long time. And of course, we, you know, we already know, yeah, you can use the microwave. It's, it's easy. It helps whatever, fast food, whatever. But the bottom line is, again, when you are always going to that, going to the microwavable way of doing stuff, going to the fast food joint, you're not appreciating the process just like the process it takes, just like you talked about in terms of having a home-cooked meal. That's a process, but the end result is something that really satiates you, something that really satisfies you, something that you can appreciate because you actually put the time into it. So that's what you're telling us, Ebony. That's yes. what you're telling us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, we got to have that confidence. We got to believe that these are things in which our culture, our experiences, the things that we're doing, these things are valuable. These things are worthy. So they already have that equipped before they even go into these schools. Mm -hmm. And then the aspect of them, when it comes to the writing, starting with things that they can relate to. I like that PlayStation versus Xbox. Oh my goodness. I think I'm about, yeah, I'm gonna have to utilize that with, especially with my son, Musa. My Musa, oh my goodness, him and his play. He don't have the PlayStation yet. You know, but he like, <laughs> so that right there. They will tell you why each right. one is better than the next one and what you can do and what this one does that this right. one doesn't do. They will tell you if you can play the other games on this one or right. if you can't. And you, I mean, they know about it. They talk about it. And so they can write about it. Exactly. Exactly. Excuse me. You guys don't want to be hacking all in the, uh, in the microphone. <laughs> exactly oh my goodness y'all out a listen I, I try to make it practical I try to make it a little practical yeah, no. for everybody <laughs> that was hella practical that right there those examples that you gave I mean and it's just like you were helping to empower me even more in terms of you know what I'm saying just period in terms of my own personal life and you know, and just educating my own children and dealing with my own students and everything. I mean, these strategies and and you just getting a, getting people to be able to, number one, utilize the resources that they already have. I think you're reminding us not to overthink because that, and trusting ourselves. It's interesting because, um, and we're about to get ready to end, y'all. Because I told Ebony, I said, I said, we're gonna try to keep it to under an hour. We literally went to an hour, but we're about to get ready to end. But one of the things though, I remember listening to uh, this uh, show called In Class with Carr, Dr. Greg Carr. He's a professor out of Howard University on YouTube with a professor 
Karen Hunter, and she has a show on Sirius. But one of the things that they were talking about in terms of Black people having to get back to the aspect of trusting ourselves, because a lot of times our, and I see that, I see that in adults. I have to remind myself, don't doubt. You know what I'm saying? You know, we all going to doubt. We all going to have those issues, but you still got to get to that point though, to where you like, wait a minute. You know, I know what I'm talking about. I have experiences. I am worthy. I am valuable. And what I have to bring is something that yes, is worthy of being heard. And so I think, but it goes back into the aspect of trusting yourself, you know? And so those are the things in which we have to make sure that we are teaching our children. And these are things that we have to really be intentional about, even though we're dealing with all of these things that were created, the condition that was created in terms of this oppressive system, we still have to go dig deep and get back into our experiences, our culture, our humanity. And understanding that, yes, you know, the things that we've done, yes, it is something that we can bring to the table. And it doesn't matter. And even if you get something wrong, and that's the thing too, my parents, we cannot make our children feel like that it's a problem when they make a mistake. Because I think that's a big problem. When we, we, that we got to stop, stop going off, okay? Stop going off on your kids. Stop being ready to, I'm about to beat you. I'm about to, because they made a mistake. Stop. Because just like Ebony said, you know, it's like what you do is you silence them. Just like I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I don't really like that whole, you know, put a bubble in it. You know, that that whole put a bubble in it. And I understand you got to tell the kids, you know what I'm saying? They have, it's times where they have to know when to be quiet. I get that. But I really think that's overused. And I've seen in the classrooms how you have teachers, they're quick to put a bubble in it or use your Say you gotta, you know, do this to, to say you gotta go to the bathroom, do everything. Like you said, no voice. I don't wanna hear your voice. I wanna, and if I do hear it, it has to be minimal. Those are real things that happens in these classrooms. And I think that is something that has to, you know, we have to address. And then, like you said, in our homes, quit always getting frustrated when our children wanna talk to us and be the one to engage get you know prompt them with different things like ebony talked about so these are the things in which because remember the writing process actually starts here it's a thought before you start speaking before you start writing you had to think about it first <laughs> okay so yeah and so with that being said you know we have to keep building those good experiences just like you talked about it just really warmed my heart when you said that little girl her father and two of her brothers you said yeah. two of her brothers can yeah. I mean, she is going to be talking about, she going to, she going to be talking about that when she grown. That just built her little esteem up even more so. Oh my goodness, man. That's the kind of stuff y'all we need for our community. We need a whole heck of a lot of that all the time. Wow. That on that note, Ebony, we're going to end it right here because thank you for having me today. Oh, wow. Oh, I hope wow. I've been helpful. I hope I hope I've given yeah. the parents a little a little something else to think about. I try to give them a little something to think about each time. Yes. Oh, please. And, and can I can I say this, y'all, because Ebony had to remind me y'all got to leave comments in the comment section when y'all listen and, and watch our episode on YouTube. Because when, when you're doing that, it's showing, I know it got something to do. I don't know all at all. I'm not about to go all of them to the herd of algorithms. All right. So I'm going to use that word. 
but I know it's really, really good when you put comments and you like, and then you share and all of that, because then it's showing that, oh, okay, people are watching this. This is what people are wanting. All right. So please make sure not only that you give like, y'all get, y'all did give a lot of likes. I saw that. Make sure you leave some comments too. All right. So with all of that being said, again, Miss Ebony Donnelly, the awesome, phenomenal educator, life coach, author, uh, liter uh, literacy um, uh, advocate, uh, community activist. I mean, she, she's just all of it. Masters in education. I mean, just bam, 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 bam. Graced our presence again on Real Reading Talk. And I really humbly thank you once again. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. I'll write you all again. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And please remember to keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Real Reading Talk. Peace. Hold y'all. O-M-G. Oh my goodness, y'all. That episode was fire once again, part two. Okay. Ebony Donnelly brought it. All right. She was dropping those jewels, those nuggets on the importance of writing. And I like the fact how she just kept it practical. Okay. Our children, they can be the best, even though we know they are in this system and they're, you know, they always try to, you know, change up, you know, on our kids and try to make it harder and all of that type of stuff. But as long as they got the foundations, the basics, just like she explained, they are going to be well on their way, all right? Because we are here to make sure that they are bringing out that genius inside of them. So with all that being said, um, now I'm going to go right on into the housekeeping part, which is letting you all know that I am a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor. And the name of my reading tutoring business is ABC Learn Tutoring. If your child is struggling with things like fluency, comprehension, their sight words, their spelling, okay, the basics when it comes to building those foundational skills in writing, please make sure you reach out to me by going to my website, abclearntutoring.com. Click on that free reading assessment today. All right, don't be waiting to the middle of the school year, close to the end, talking about my baby needs help. Uh-uh, don't do that, all right? Let's be proactive. And also, I am the founder and executive director of ABC Read. And our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities, y'all. And we've been doing that by making sure we're giving away books that primarily represents Black people, Black culture, Black experiences, other ethnicities as well, new or gently used books. All right, we also have reading events slash programs, whatever you want to call them. And we make sure that we're providing those healthy foods, healthy snacks as well. So go to our website, abcread.org, so you can see what it is we've been doing. Check out the testimonials, all that great stuff. And if you would be so kind as to donate whatever you can so that we can continue to sustain what it is that we are doing for the community. And make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. All right. I got close to, I'm almost close to that 800 subs, y'all. Now I'm trying to go to a thousand because you know, when you get to a thousand, then, you know, big things get to happen. All right. For 
for those who got them YouTube channels and I'm providing uh, great content, okay? Value, all right? So make sure you please subscribe and make sure to also when I upload this video to YouTube, y'all come on and leave those comments. Y'all been doing good with the likes. We can get a little better, but make sure you leave comments. That's very, very important. And I want to uh, let you all know that I am a certified uh, dyslexia tutor as well. Um, I have to remember to mention that, but that's very important because there are a lot of our youth, and especially in the Black community, who have issues with dyslexia. And so I'm a certified dyslexia tutor as well. So please make sure you reach out. And the books that I've been reading, The Delectable Negro. Ooh, yeah, yes, yeah, I know that, that that sounds real, just real, real uh, nasty. But guess what? That's what was happening to our enslaved ancestors when they were on the plantation. Okay, yes, they were doing everything possible to get every ounce out of our ancestors. And yes, they were into cannibalizing our ancestors. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what that book talks about. It's deep, y'all. Truly, it's deep. Okay, so that's one of the books that I've been reading. And um, I hope, again, that you all have gained benefit. Please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, like, share, make sure that you also, when you look at this or listen to this on Spotify or Anchor or Google Podcasts, make sure you leave some reviews, ratings, all of that great stuff. And last but not least, please make sure that you are reading for at least 30 minutes a day. And also, let me let me put a plug in too, uh, real quick for Miss Ebony Donnelly, because she um, has been graciously giving us a lot of great content. Please go to her YouTube channel, uh, Literacy Innovations, okay? Literacy Innovations. Make sure you go there and you subscribe, all right? Because she is bringing it and she has a lot of different giveaways she has as well. She ain't playing. She's for the community. So you make sure you go check her out. All right. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. This was Real Reading Talk, episode 38, I believe. And this is season two. So make sure you all take care. Keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. I'm Miss Sasha, Real Reading Talk.